I am Larry Nissen, Chair of the IOMS Foundation, and I would like to welcome you to this portion of the IOMS Foundation podcast, celebrating the Foundation's 25th anniversary. This episode will highlight the Gift of Knowledge program. This educational series began in 2002 by IOMS past president Paul Stalinga at Hat Yai, Thailand. Spanning a three-year period, OMS experts in all areas of the specialty were brought together for four to five days of lectures. This Thai project became the blueprint on which the IOMS and its foundation have completed 14 of these programs, usually having two projects at various stages simultaneously in different parts of the world. The IOMS Foundation has funded these programs in Asia, Africa, Central and South America. Initially known as the Surgeon to Surgeon Program, the now Gift of Knowledge Program because participants do not pay tuition fees. The host university provides the lecture facilities, speaker housing, and meeting logistics. Lectures receive no honorarium. The IMS Foundation and through the generosity of various regional and national associations provide travel. An estimated 1,500 oral and maxillofacial surgeons have benefited from these programs a tribute to the leaders of our specialty who recognize the value of longitudinal education in developing countries to benefit the specialty and improve patient care. The foundation also has sponsored two advanced hands-on courses in microvascular reconstruction in Nigeria and Mexico. Today, we are honored to have Dr. Gali Gali, IOMS Education Committee Chair, to moderate this section. Dr. Gali will be joined by Gift of Knowledge lecturers and participants to provide insight into the value of these unique educational opportunities. Dr. Gali. Thank you, Dr. Nissen. I appreciate that introduction. And, and I want to first of all thank the IAOMS Foundation under your leadership for the support that's been provided to the Gift of Knowledge and as well as the fellowship programs. And these are all interrelated. And so I thank you, Larry, for, for your leadership in, in uh, through the IAOMS Foundation in providing a, a real structure and support for these programs. As was mentioned, the, the, the topic of this uh, foundation podcast session is, is educating surgeons worldwide and, and specifically discussing the, the gift of knowledge. As Dr. Nissen mentioned, uh, of the 14 or so different sites uh, uh, around the world, uh, really this represents over 40, nearly 50 actual courses that have been given since that first course in Thailand in uh, 2002. Certainly, uh, COVID has impacted uh, in the last 18 months our ability to deliver on-site uh, educational uh, materials and processes to our uh, constituents around the world, to the surgeons around the world. But we have been providing, and, and I want to congratulate the IOMS and, and their ability to disseminate and to continue to disseminate material lectures and educational programs virtually. But prior to uh, COVID, I just want to review you know, three of the more recent uh, 
uh, gift of knowledge programs that we've been able uh, to conduct and to participate in. And we're also very fortunate because of those uh, three programs, we have surgeons here today, both on the host side and on the visiting surgeon side that uh, that are here today to have a very lively discussion uh, about the gift of knowledge program. So in the immediate pre-COVID period, there were three major uh, gift of knowledge programs that that we were able to participate in and able to provide. And I think the important thing to remember with these gift of knowledge programs is that these gift of knowledge programs are often tailored to what is needed within that particular uh, country, uh, within that particular continent. And so this this is really incredible and because these things are tailored. So really the first uh, one that I want to mention is the Dominican Republic. And and Dr. Jenny Garcia was our host main, you know, there's multiple hosts, but the main host surgeon was Dr. Jenny Garcia from the Dominican Republic. This course was conducted from uh, this, this was two Number two was the most uh, recent course, two of, of a series that were conducted in the Dominican. The most recent one was conducted from the uh, 5th to the 6th of April 2019. This course included uh, topics on orthognathic surgery as well as topics on aesthetic facial surgery. Surgeons that participated included uh, Dr. Chamorro from the Spanish Association of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery, representing the Spanish Association, uh, Dr. Olson, uh, as well as, as myself. We also conducted a course in Mexico City. The Mexico City course was number two of three courses that we intended to do in Mexico City. We still haven't finished the third course because of COVID, and we hope to complete that. As I mentioned, these programs can be tailored. And the reason that this particular program was tailored, because the need in Mexico, particularly in the Mexico City area, was for microvascular training by uh, oral and maxillofacial surgeons. So we can we planned a three-prong approach, including didactic, cadaver, and actual free flap surgery there. So we completed two of the three courses. Dr. Alejandro Martinez was our main host surgeon. This last course was conducted from uh, August 26th and the 27th of 2019. The interesting thing is that that was just prior to COVID. So we haven't been able to do the third course, but I promise you, Alejandro, we are going to. This is totally focused on microvascular surgery. And I'm very impressed with the progress that's being made in, in, in Mexico with that. Last but not least was in the Manila, in the, in the Philippines. This was conducted on the 22nd and 23rd of February 2020. So as you can see, this was right before COVID was spiking worldwide. Dr. Malesi, Dr. Pete Ayers, Dr. Olson, Nabil Saman, Professor Saman, and myself attended this course. The host, primary host surgeon was Dr. Mario Esquello. The topics included orthognathic surgery as well as facial aesthetic surgery. 
So I want to thank all the participants. And I, I would like to actually begin the discussion, Dr. Nissen, if it's okay, uh, by asking a few questions uh, to uh, Dr. Garcia. And uh, I'm going to call, I'm going to say Jenny to uh, Jenny and to uh, uh, Mario. And first, I'll start with uh, Mario, if, if that's okay. Mario, can you tell us a little bit about the educational resources that are available to uh, oral and maxillofacial surgeons in the Philippines? Yes, thank you, uh, Dr. Gali. And uh, good morning, uh, good afternoon, and good evening to all. Uh, first, uh, I would like to thank the organizers for including the Philippines in this uh, podcast. Well, uh, in our country, uh, the Philippine College of uh, Oral and Maxillofacial Surgeons, or commonly called PICOMS, is the uh, uh, only recognized uh, oral and maxillofacial association. And as such, the Philippine Dental Association and the Professional Regulation Commission uh, which is the counterpart of your dental council, is the only one recognized to provide continuing education programs uh, as far as the dental profession is concerned. So uh, majority of the educational resources available to uh, oral and maxillofacial surgeon uh, is provided by the PCOMs. There are instances where the uh, uh, AOCMF, as well as the SORG are able to provide relevant educational activities. And we all know last uh, February 2020, we are very grateful that uh, we're awarded the gift of knowledge. We are very grateful uh, that the speakers, in spite of the difficulty with the uh, travel arrangement, uh, managed to reach the Philippines and share their expertise with us. Well, uh, sadly, at that time, travel was also starting to be restricted and uh, delegates from the different islands in the Philippines were not able to join the seminar. Uh, more so, our, a big group from our friends in neighboring Asian countries were supposed to join the conference. Uh, well, in fact, uh, this is the second series of the gift of knowledge during the time of uh, uh, Dr. Rui Fernandez, uh, four series of uh, educational activities for two years. So again, with this, we are very grateful for the IOMS President, uh, Professor Gabriel Melesi and uh, Professor Gali Gali. And of course, our IOMS uh, Foundation Chairman, uh, Dr. Larry Nissen. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Mario. Jenny, can you... Tell, tell us a little bit about uh, the course in the Dominican Republic. Can you tell us about who attended the course and what the level of training of the different participants? Was it, were there a lot of, was it a complete spectrum? Uh, who, how were people selected to come to the course? Hi, doctor. It's a privilege for me to receive the invitation for participating with you in this event. Uh, los cursos eh, realizados acá fueron en 2018 y 2019. Eh, los cursos, eh, nosotros estamos muy agradecidos ya que por primera vez recibimos al International en nuestro país y fueron cursos del más alto nivel, donde por primera vez eh, la Sociedad de Cirugía Bucal y Maxilofacial se destacó y pudo realizar un evento de tan alto nivel 
y solo para profesionales, es decir, solo para especialistas. Eh, recibimos un gran público entendiendo la traducción. Claudia Tercali, it is my honor uh, to be here with you all, and I want to thank IOMS Foundation for bringing your, for first time, being for first time in Republic, in Dominicana Republic, and for the Dominicana Republic Association, it was a great honor to be positioned to, to, to have, to receive the gift of knowledge. Uh, that gave that gave us gave us an opportunity to present to the world who we are, and in that occasion the courses were in two, uh, in 2018 and 19, and the people who who were able to be in the course, all of them were oral and maxillofacial surgeons. Adelante, Jenny. Eh, además. Eh, hubo una, una gran acogida ya que nuestra sociedad actualmente solo somos 160 cirujanos maxilofacial aproximadamente y en los cursos estuvieron 156 en uno y 96 en el otro. Es decir que tuvimos todo el grupo, todo el equipo de cirujanos que estamos formados acá. Also it was very well received this gift of knowledge because the majority of our members were in both courses, attending both courses. Were, were most of the people from the Dominican Republic exclusively or did the course draw any participants uh, from outside of the Dominican Republic? 2018, we 20, 25 internacionales aproximadamente, pero en el 2019 todos fueron eh, participantes dominicanos. In 2018, we received 25 OMF surgeons from other countries, and 2019 only from Dominicana. Okay, wonderful. So it, it had an uh, impact not only on the Dominican, but also an impact on uh, surgeons uh, from, from other areas as well. And I think we see that uh, as well in, in other areas, I think. Uh, uh, I would like to, thank you, uh, Jenny. I would like to ask Mario uh, uh, one an, an additional question. Um, w tell us about the uh, education. You, you mentioned some things about fairly limited educational resources in your in your country. Uh, what gap do you feel that this gift of knowledge course filled? What type of gap did it fill for the average oral and maxillofacial surgeon, either in training or has completed their training? Yes. Uh, the gift of knowledge was uh, able to provide us with the uh, comprehensive knowledge of uh, each subject matter, even in the first uh, series, uh, not only on the principles, but uh, uh, our prominent uh, resource speakers were able to share cases from simple to complicated one and how it was managed. Uh, with the intimate number of participants, we, we were able to have enough time to have a good interaction from the audience. Well, most importantly, uh, everyone were uh, informed of the extended procedures covering uh, 
aesthetic facial surgery like rhinoplasty, retidectomy, and leparoplasty, even fillers and Botox injection, which the medical plastic and cosmetic surgeons are doing in our country. Though we all know most of the Asian developed countries, uh, OMS are already performing these procedures. And this we are grateful that uh, the gift of knowledge was uh, able to impart uh, to us. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, in the near future to do these procedures. On the feedback that you have received from the, from the last uh, course in February of 2020, uh, does it appear as though some of the uh, the knowledge that was given is being utilized actively uh, by by some of the OMS surgeons in the area? Okay. Well, uh, as I said, uh, surprisingly, uh, immediately after the two days event, uh, we received about seven or nine referrals of uh, OGS uh, cases, four of which uh, came from a few of our colleagues who signified the co-management uh, with us. And uh, we are actually scheduled to perform at least seven during that summer. But unfortunately, due to the pandemic, uh, elective cases are not allowed. And uh, some patients deferred the procedure because of uh, fear of going to the hospital. And uh, for the long term, we anticipate uh, more and more PCOMS members to include the OGS in their uh, in their uh, hospital practice and uh, also looking forward to fellowship opportunities on the said field. And uh, as I said, also in the near future, we can extend uh, further the scope of uh, OGS uh, to address other aspects to complete the uh, facial rejuvenation, like, uh, as I said, rhinoplasty and slowly leparoplast and Botox injection. Great. And I think before we move on to uh, Dr. Uh, Martinez and Dr. Melese, I, I would like to just ask uh, each of you one more question to think about. Uh, and uh, what is the short-term impact and the long-term impact uh, to the surgeons in your, in your country relative to this gift of knowledge course? And is this something that you would like to see come back, you know, once every five years, once every 10 years, uh, and, 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 and participate again in the future. I know, you know, for, for example, we've done uh, courses in, in some areas more than once, uh, you know, like the Philippines, of course, as you recall, Mario, we did 2012 and 2014, and then we revisited again in 2020. Uh, but first, let's start with Jenny and see, uh, Jenny, uh, what is long-term, short-term impact of of the IAOMS gift of knowledge? And would you like to see it again in the future? Eh, realmente, estos cursos fueron excelentes para nosotros. Todos nuestros miembros estuvieron motivados y fueron temas bastante importantes. La reconstrucción, eh, las lesiones, tumores y demás, la estética facial bastante interesante para nuestros Eh, miembros así como la cirugía ortognática que es un, un campo que no se maneja totalmente pero que luego del curso ha habido mucha motivación ha habido muchos de nuestras nuevas generaciones 
deseando recibir y recibir más información. Y claro que sí, doctor, claro que estaríamos bastante deseosos de volver a tenerlos a ustedes por acá y de seguir cada día más aprendiendo de profesionales como ustedes. I want to say that the courses were excellent courses and it, and it produced a lot of motivations for our surgeons with the different topics with reconstructions, tumors, facial aesthetics, orthognatic surgery that is a field that is, is, is not well is, is not done on a, on a common basis here in my country. And I see now how new generations are, are very excited and are pursuing this, this type of uh, knowledge and start bringing it to our country. And for sure, we, we wish to have you again, all of you professors. Thank you. Thank you for those comments. Do you want to add anything, Mario? Yes, uh, as you said, in 2012, we have the four series. And what impacted us uh, on that particular event is the introduction of the uh, microvascular surgery. Immediately, we started to do our local and foreign fellowship for us to uh, gain uh, clinical experience. And uh, as a result, uh, President Gabi Melesi uh, was able to witness my uh, presentation on the first day regarding all the cases that uh, we did in uh, microvascular surgery. Uh, also, what uh, impacted us then uh, was the uh, clep lip and palate that uh, basically arose interest among the younger generations. We have uh, collected uh, several cases in which uh, our own residents are doing in their second year. Uh, they're motivated to handle, of course, uh, on their own uh, Clep uh, lip and palate. And uh, going back to the uh, microvascular, uh, long term, we are hoping that we can uh, be on a standalone uh, unit for microvascular because at present we collaborate with the microvascular surgeon. To be honest, I'm too old for this. Uh, it took me uh, hours to anastomose two or three vessels. We need younger generation to do this. Thank you, Mario. Uh, I, I, I want to again welcome, uh, thank both of you, and I want to welcome certainly uh, President Gabby Melesi and Professor Martinez, who has been doing a wonderful job uh, for uh, Jenny, uh, doing some uh, mild interpretation, although I know her English is, is better than she says. Gabby, uh, as a lecturer and trainer for the Gift of Knowledge courses, can you please tell the audience uh, about your experience with that? Well, thank you very much, Gali. Well, first of all, good morning, good evening, and good midday to every one of our listeners. And uh, I have to say that I'm very proud that I can join this podcast because I'm absolutely convinced that these are definitely one of our best best uh, programs we can offer in within the IMS foundation and IMS. This is the, our core heart, actually, that uh, we can provide education to the world. And it was my big pleasure to participate in the, my first gift of knowledge course at the Philippines. And I experienced uh, three very important columns in this activity. 
Of course, as, as Maria mentioned already, it was right at the edge of the pandemic. You know, it was difficult to get there and we did not know how many attendees would be able to join. And as Maria, Maria mentioned, there was a whole group from Taiwan, friends from Taiwan expected to join as well. And it was already very difficult. Nevertheless, I think it was a very successful gift of knowledge course. And uh, for me, the three columns consisted of, number one, the scientific program. And uh, I, I think uh, it was a very strong uh, faculty. It was actually all board members and, and past and future presidents. <laughs> so it was a strong delegation, I would say. And we tried to, to really share and bring our, our expertise. But uh, this is only one part, you know, the scientific Contents we all use to lecture all over the world and uh, lectures can also be given virtual. So I, I would say this will be some part for the future. But uh, besides of these scientific contents, the second important column is you get to know, you meet your friends in the region, in the National Association. And that is a major importance, has, has major importance, I would say. You know, it's uh, you, you, you were able to, to talk to the people, to, Maria was the kind to bring us to a hospital to have a look how people are working, how they are trained, to get some insight. This is so important. You know, every one of us is living in one corner of the world, even if you're connected now on podcasts or whatever, but there are special conditions everywhere and you have to know about this. And this special insight that was given, given to us by our hosts, by Maria and by his team, I think this was very valuable. And uh, you know, you also you you get to know the needs of the of the of the colleagues in this region and in this national association. You know, we were trying to share also our expertise and to help and to to help with some uh, political issues that were maybe not are not known to us because they're very specific in this region and. Uh, and I think it's from both sides, it's so important that, you know, you have someone you can at least ask for some help. I, you know, you cannot always, it's so difficult for us to, to bring in our, our, our strong value as an international association. But nevertheless, we are here and our friends and our affiliated countries and societies have to know that we try at least that to be with them. We are not somewhere. So for that reason, I think a gift of the, those gift of knowledge courses have also a very important aspect in meeting our members and our friends and colleagues in different places. And besides this uh, professional aspects and, uh, and, and questions and helps and needs, then there, the third column definitely is the very personal contact. You know, you know people by name, but then you have a face, you see a character, you have a friend. And I think this is so important. And that is what we should do and we are trying to do also from our association. And uh, I only can mention one highlight. I thought, you know, as we were hosted in such a nice way from the Philippine College of OMS, uh, we were also to participate in the inauguration of the new president. And I was on very honest, honored to, to be part of this celebration. And 
these are moments, you know, you don't forget this. I think that is very, very important. And I want to highlight this and mention this. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Gabby. I, I guess you would you would consider the gift of knowledge uh, yet another component in the overall duty of the IAOMS to be an ambassador worldwide for oral and maxillofacial surgery. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's not only about our educational, but also our friendly contacts with our our affiliated nations and colleagues. Absolutely. Thank you. And I think Alejandro, maybe maybe you can elaborate on that a little bit as well, because when we were in Mexico City, uh, uh, you and I and Alexis had a couple of meetings with the Mexican Association that I think ended up being very, very fruitful as well. Did, can you tell us about uh, you know, your uh, experience as a lecturer and trainer for the gift of knowledge courses? Sure. Thank you, Dr. Daly. And uh, I think Gabby, uh, Dr. Dr. Milesia, our president, she just said what is all about uh, gift of knowledge and how important it is for IOMS. And that this is the reason why the foundation needs the support of all of us and the companies. And going straight to your question, Gali, yes, when, when I see what happened in Mexico after this gift of knowledge in microvascular surgery, it has been of a, of a high impact for Mexico. Each country in different parts of the world will have different situations, different needs, and even more laws, country laws could be different also. So for Mexicans, we have to go for permission to our National Academy of Medicine, to our, our national head of all medical boards and to get that. And then we, we obtain it and the National University of Mexico also support us. So that's why, that's when we went to IOMS for the gift of knowledge. So, Everything was in order, everything was legal. It's a new opportunity for oral and maxillofacial surgeons according to the Mexican law to start working on it. So this is a high, high impact in all, in all, in all reasons. So the surgeons are now thirsty to, to, to finish with the pandemic and, and, and getting their hands again in, into the microvascular surgery. And the Mexican Association was so proud and happy to have IOMS. And then we finish our lectures in our, in what we will say, which is the, the most sacred place in medicine in Mexico, which was in, in the auditorium of the National Academy of Mexico. Having those lectures there, it meant a lot. It meant that we are doing the right thing, learning what our country needs and doing it with according to all our laws and according to medicine uh, standards. So it, it has been just a great impact. And I think that's important to, to bring up Alejandro and, and Gabby and Mario and, and, and Jenny. You know, the interesting thing is, is just even in my limited capacity, uh, as educational chair, when when I've done these gift of knowledge courses, uh, 
you know, we've been asked to meet with, uh, you know, uh, uh, ministers of health, presidents of the country, uh, with uh, uh, all sorts of people that I think one of it, well, number one, uh, and I'll use one of uh, Dr. Olson's uh, favorite words. It actually shows the gravitas of the of the of the IAOMS. I mean, it, it, the 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 uh, the dignity of it, right? So uh, that we're asked to go meet with these uh, individuals because it means a lot, I think, to the host countries: Philippines, Dominican Republic, uh, uh, Myanmar, where you know where wherever we are. It means a lot to those countries to have a a dignified organization come in. And 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 they want to showcase it. And it also, I think, if I think it's important for the IAOMS to help uh, geopolitically elevate the level of oral and maxillofacial surgery worldwide. So if there's anything that we can help, even as simple as a as a course, then I think that's a great thing to do. So I, I know we're running a little bit short on time, but I wanted to ask. Uh, Really, the the whole audience, the, the all of the participants, Jenny and Mario and 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 Gabby and Alejandro, and I think you touched upon this a little bit, Gabby, already, uh, but also want Jenny and and Mario to touch on it as well. But in in this age of virtual learning, some of it purposeful and some of it by force with the pandemic, is it still important for surgeons to receive in person training? And if so, why? And uh, who who would like to start out with that? Jenny, how about Jenny? Is 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 in the age of this virtual learning? Is it still important for surgeons to receive in person training? Doctor, a pesar de de las circunstancias de la pandemia, claro que para nosotros sería bastante importante y un privilegio recibir entrenamiento con ustedes, con profesionales de tan alto nivel personalmente y creo que se pueden crear las condiciones para eso. But it, Dr. Garcia says that even even with the pandemia, yes, it is very important to keep receiving in-person training, and will be and, and they will be very very honored to receive AOMS gift of knowledge again with such a great professors like you, Gali. <laughs> well, thank you, Mario. What <laughs> Mario? What do you think? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, just uh, as an example for uh, OGS field, uh, we all know that clinical uh, evaluation and preoperative planning is uh, very important, uh, which can be taught virtually, actually, but uh, it is equally important as the surgical procedure per se, uh, which is uh, best learned in actual clinical setup. Uh, we must... Uh, develop, of course, the skill and uh, dexterity, uh, be able to address the complexities uh, during this process. So this cannot be uh, replaced by uh, actually virtual education. Uh, Gabby? I would say there is no doubt that there is nothing as good as personal contact and teaching. Definitely. You know, it's not only that you 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 read between the lines, you see how people are talking to each other, you explore how you, you look at your patients. And on the other side, also, especially for the next gen, it's so important to see how the, the senior teacher is dealing with the case and how they approach it. So... As a mentor, you have to be in person. You cannot do this virtual. 
it's so important. I think we'll go out of the pandemic with some learning because I I definitely expect uh, definitely expect that for the future there will be more hybrid activities, more hybrid uh, conferences. But there is no substitute for in-person uh, meetings and learnings. And it's also about the mutual respect of persons, just one to the other. So I'm absolutely convinced we have to go to give the gift of knowledge courses again. And as soon as it's possible, all the fellowship have to be open again and observership have to be accessible to all our members and next-gen people. This is this cannot be abandoned. Uh, Alejandro. Yeah, I 100% agree with what, what Dr. Milesia, our president, just said. And, uh, and just to add a little bit more, I, I am remembering right now about eight years ago, Pete Harris was president of IOMS and was the European meeting. And IOMS that morning had a lecture. And, and I gave my lectures by virtual lectures from Monterey to Prague. My dad was sick at that time. So what I'm saying is IOMS since years ago started doing virtual lectures. So pandemia, when pandemia came, our Chicago office with all our great people was already trained to keep doing this. And it has been of great benefit to lecture to do virtual lectures, virtual courses, for sure they will keep in future, but in person must must be taken again. Our fellows need to go back. We need to get more more funds to get more fellows, and we need to keep our gift of knowledge for all the surgeons in the world, no doubt about it. May I add one more thing? I think the activity, our virtual activity in all the sessions, webinars, and teaching in within the IOMS, they should keep, we, should, we have to keep it going because I think it's extremely successful. And it has the huge advantage that people can have access from all over the world without a lot of costs. And you can you can listen and be up to date all the time. So uh, this has been a great experience within this year, you know, that all th these valuable virtual conferences and webinars we were providing, they were just fantastic. But I'm, it's no doubt we have to be out there again. And I am looking forward to see my first fellows from somewhere coming back to Austria because it's it's a pleasure for all of us, for them, for me. I tell them everything I see and, 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 and they want to know. This is great. This personal interaction is just fantastic. Thank you. And and I would probably take it even a step further, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, everyone thinks the person or the group that's losing the most is the participants. Actually, the lecturer and the 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 surgeon, the lecturer themselves also loses when it's virtual. Not that virtual is bad, but you know, as a lecturer and as a surgeon, I prefer to have my students in front of me where I can actually respond to the audience and, and, and feed off of the audience. And that, as a, at least as a lecturer, that makes me more excited. And, and I may change the tone of my lecture or 
change the tone of my presentation or change the tone of the operation based upon the feedback from from whoever's surrounding me. So yes, I I agree. We've made great strides virtually, but we need to to also talk about the I guess the the human factor, the human factor of being a doctor, of being a surgeon, of of doing this kind of stuff. Well, I, I want to close by by asking who whoever and and maybe you know maybe uh, uh, Gabby and Alejandro are the best as as the most senior board members on the IAOMS. How can the IAOMS Foundation continue to support education for oral and maxillofacial surgeons around the world? I will start saying that it is very important to keep the legacy of our specialty. If we want for the next generations to keep the oral and maxillofacial surgery specialty, we need to keep the education. We need to traspass the educations to the next generations. And we need economical support from all of us, from companies, from everywhere. I, I, am, I, I had the opportunity to be in University of Florida College of Dentistry with under Frank Dolwick for a year. And that fellowship definitely marred my life and made a difference in the long term. So I do wish to, to have a stronger foundation, to have more fellows, fellowships, to have more gift of knowledge, to have more scholarships. Definitely, it is very important to keep the legacy of our specialty. Gabby? Well, that is absolutely right, what Alejandro is saying. And I have to say that IMS and our foundation, you know, we have the capacity and we have the manpower and the, the power to do it. And uh, every one of us, all these great people out there, these great specialists and great names all over the world in our field, we are all willing to share our know-how and our expertise and our and share it, share our our uh, um, knowing with the, the with next gen and the, the younger people to teach. But of course, it has a very unfortunately, it has a, a strong financial impact on how how you're feasible, how you're able to do it or not. So. We, we, we are trying our best to recruit donors and um, to get companies engaged and to support us. And I believe if they see what we are doing and if we hear the responses of those ones who, who benefited from those programs, I think it's clear that we are on the right track. And it's actually pandemic was somehow a drawback for all of us and also for our uh, foundation. You know, we had to stop everything and uh, money was not coming in as much as, as used to be. So we hope we can gear up again and that it will start moving again. And I am a strong believer that actually as members, we should all support it in very little small amounts and then it will be able and we will be able to do a lot of good for our next generation and teach and make OMS and keep OMS as great as it is as a specialty. Thank you. Uh, and uh, I want to thank really everyone uh, today on, on behalf of the Educational Committee uh, for the IAOMS, all the staff members, uh, the wonderful uh, president and and uh, everyone, uh, Jenny and Mario, uh, 
part of the success of these programs is the host countries, as as Gabby just mentioned, because uh, there is a financial impact and and all of the host countries have always helped in some capacity with lodging, with food yeah. uh, and, and things like that. So thank you guys very much for all of that. And I want to thank uh, thank you, Gabby, for giving me and, and Dr. Nissen for giving me this opportunity to host this uh, podcast. And uh, congratulations and, and thank you very much. Thank you once again for listening to our celebratory podcast series, the IOMS Foundation, 25 Years and Beyond. We are grateful to all of those who volunteered their time to participate in this series and for their continued support of the IOMS Foundation. I would also like to extend my appreciation to our corporate and foundation partners, KLS Martin Group, the Osteoscience Foundation, and the OMS Foundation for their ongoing support. To learn more about the IMS Foundation's programs and opportunities, or to make a gift to the foundation, visit www.iomsfoundation.org. We look forward to connecting with you soon.